Excited about this episode tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Fifth Dimension Lounge. As always, I'm your host, the Duke of Detroit. I am here with my friends and colleagues. We have MJ. How are you? Doing great, Duke. Yourself? Fantastic. Chuck, how are you? I'm fantastic also. Tim, looking good. How are things? Fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, He's high on sugar. Leave him alone. That sounds about right. All right, let's start with the things I always seem to skip, and that's our social media. Please go to our Instagram, Twitter, Weed Life, Facebook, I don't know, LinkedIn, I don't know. Hit us up on social. Fifth, 5TH Dimension Lounge. If you go to our website, there's all kinds of uh, paintings we've done in there. A few are crude, like the old gash painting. I actually went and saw some buddies out in Chicago, and they wanted to listen to an episode, so they went back and listened to 15 and 16. I didn't tell them to. That's what they picked. Mm. And when they were done, they said, hey, can you send me a picture of the gash? I want to see it. (laughs) I was like, absolutely. So the bong or the picture? The picture of the painting. The painting. Fucking pussies. No offense, boys. No, a bunch of pervs. I know. And they were like, it looks like a 12-year-old painted it. I was like, motherfucker, why'd you ask for it? (laughs) (laughs) That's that's some bullshit. Really? 12-year-old? I don't know. If you want reality, just go to YouPorn. They they slashed your gash. It was gorgeous. They slash your gas. So check out our social media. Again, Fifth Dimension Lounge. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Tonight's episode, we have a great love for John Hughes and his movies. I mean, that guy has done so many movies, both written and directed. So we're going to go into some of our favorites and the reasons why. And hopefully, uh, he'll turn you on to him as well. But before we get to that... Oh, do we have a story for you? Oh, no. I know. What happened this week? (laughs) Well, let me tell you about the continuation of the Blue Dream Lighthouse. Oh, Chuck's Loft. All right. So I told you guys the last, over the last couple of weeks, I think we've been telling you about Chuck's Loft. He had it up and going. Yeah. Never knew about it. Has a ladder now. Exactly. You said that much more succinctly than I was going yeah, to. Thank you. It's, it's it's fantastic, by the way. It's all clean. It is. It's yeah, beautiful. It's great. Got it's beautiful. Shag carpeting. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Got some carpet so in there. So week the first week we used it as a reminder, we get up there and we just had camping chairs. Now we still have camping chairs, but he's decorated a little bit more. So now you have this beautiful table and it it, it screams seventies. Like well, how would you describe that table, Chuck? Retro. And that's what Queenie's going for, is just like a retro look through the whole thing. She's doing all the decorating. You know, getting a setup for us. So that thing comes about, I'm gonna say, two feet off the ground. Does that sound about right? Yeah, it's about mm. right. Okay, two two and a half feet. Yeah, and it's about three feet in diameter. It's just a big, essentially barrel, right? Mm. It's like a, a this gold plated trash can turned upside down, and it has all these little dents in it. it looks gorgeous, though. I mean, it fits. Yeah, it's, it's neat looking. Sturdy as fuck. So you can put your feet on it. You can also put stuff on it. Like it's just, it's not gonna move. You can fuck with it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. In the fuck with shit space. Oh. So we, we get up there, and uh, our, our friend Dungeon Master comes back for round two. Remember last week when he smoked? He smoked three joints, didn't feel anything. Three. And then <laughs> Chuck and I are talking, and we're like, man, I don't think he was really inhaling. This was early in the week. This is before we did our podcast last week. This is a good four days before we actually went and hung out. And when we talked, I'm like, I don't think he was inhaling. He's like, yeah, you're right. We have that conversation. Like, when I inhale, I cough a lot. You know, it happens. Sure, sure. This is good weed going to fucking cough. And that's when you know you're feeling it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have this conversation. We're like, yeah, I bet he hasn't. So we have this deep thought of, okay, we're going to have him back. And this time we're going to do the original rules. 
can't walk by the stairs, uh, can't smoke more than one hit, and don't miss, uh, don't mix strains, shit like that. No, now, no electronics, right? No electronics. No electronics. That's the yeah. most important pot club rule. So he comes over, sits down, and we're all set up right now. Chuck's got his beautiful carpet. He's got this this beautiful table. We have our camping chairs again. We have music playing. Perfect fucking weather. We got the windows open, and he and I get stoned before Dungeon Master is even there. Yeah, Cloud Nine feeling we great, right? Little little piece of Shangri La hanging out in the Blue Dream Lighthouse. Nice, really good place to be. Dungeon Master comes over, sits down. We go over all his rules. He takes one hit, doesn't cough. I'm like, there it is. Yep. you're not fucking inhaling, and I'm not calling him out. Right? It's not like I'm You didn't say that? Him. No, I didn't say it like that, but in my head. We, we were just trying to instruct him. So we were kind of asking him, like, what are you doing? And he was showing us, and he was kind of, like, inhaling and then, like, cycling it through his, like, nasal cavity or something. He never got down to his lungs. He wasn't, he wasn't actually breathing in. So we told him, like. And it's hard. Just, if you've never smoked, like, yeah, you don't, you don't really know what to do. Right? So, like. But I thought he was a smoker. Cigarettes? I, don't I don't know. I don't know. So, he's not a current smoker either. I mean, he's it's been years. smoked over the years. Oh, so okay. So mm-hmm. he takes one deep hit. Like we show him, like, you got to go like this. Yeah. We show him, and so he does that, and he takes one big hit, and he starts coughing. I'm like, there it is. Yeah. Give it ten minutes, <laughs> you're gonna feel great. So Chuck and I start talking. He gives ten minutes, and he's talking on the side, but Chuck and I are stoned and in deep conversation about absolutely nothing. It was important at the time. It was. It felt like <laughs> we were solving like the world hunger. Oh, it always does. It's, yeah. it's amazing. So <laughs> as we're talking, he's. Dungeon Master starts smoking some more. And he's smoking some more. And he's smoking some more. No. And he's smoking some more. And you just hear him inhaling and coughing, <laughs> inhaling and coughing. But again, we're fucking stoned. We've been smoking for a couple hours at this point. And all of a sudden, Chuck looks at me and goes, I like that we're both ignoring this, even though we know it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> There's like this brewing situation that we were just completely ignoring. Well, you already told him once. Mm-hmm. We did. But in fairness... We should have been monitoring better. Yeah. This, this was on us. You're right? adults. You're all adults. Well, yeah, we were there to guide But him, if though. you think back, if anybody has more experience about throwing up on things like poles. Yeah, yeah. It's Chuck. Like, we should oh, have. Yeah. Telephone poles. Let's telephone just clarify. Poles. Yeah, should not, have been a better. Yeah, sorry. Not, <laughs> not just throwing up I on all the dicks. poles. <laughs> <laughs> telephone <laughs> poles. But one thing I found interesting was when we originally talked about having this buddy over, I'm like, I'm not doing it in my house. Because what's going to happen is he's going to get too high, he's going to get sick, and he's going to pass out, and I'm not staying up all night. <laughs> this was a real conversation that oh, happened a few yeah. times. <laughs> so here we are up in the Blue Dream Lighthouse, and he's, he's showing it off to me. He's showing me his new table, he's showing me the rug, he's showing me where he's going to hang his paintings, and it's gorgeous. There's a little bit of foreshadowing here. <laughs> and I say to him, well, if we have to, I guess we can kick this table over and you can puke in that. <laughs> So now we have Dungeon Master smoking a shit ton. And just to give you a picture of this room, again, 200 and what, 50 yeah. square feet? It's a nice big room. Yeah. Big, big ceiling. Uh, it, we still have the lights off because it's so bright outside. Like the room is just filled with natural daylight. It is gorgeous in here. And the only thing in the room is three camping chairs, this table, and then two little trash cans, like mesh trash cans, pushed off to the side so we could throw away some waste. And it's something nice and light so we can carry it down. Because going up and down those st- that yeah. ladder, like, it's a bitch to get shit up. This sure, is not sure. easy. And, you know, the previous week, the trash can was just, I had, a like, a five-gallon bucket from, like, Home Depot or something. I had a bag in it. But, you know, Queenie had been buying stuff and decorating, so I didn't know. But she took that out and replaced it with these two mesh trash cans. They're perfect. 
Yeah, they're exactly what they're supposed to be used for. (laughs) So we even joke about the mesh trash cans. Like, we really need somewhere up here to piss. Like, there's nowhere to piss. We have to go down. Once we're stoned, that's kind of hard. And you definitely don't want to piss in that mesh trash can because no. if you did, it would just it would shoot it everywhere, Dude, right? It's mesh. You guys just need to cut a side trap door in the fucking wall. You just push it open, piss out of it, and then close it. It's yeah. a good idea. Well, we actually came up with an idea. <laughs> you, you know the children's slides, like the big tube slides? Yeah, you could do that too. We joked about having one of those off the, the house when we were stoned. Oh, I just thought a piss slide. And he was like, I want to do Ew. that. Oh. That's disgusting. Stop. <laughs> But it would help you go down without getting any fresh yeah, quickly. Burns. No, yeah. I'm just saying, just the like piss that. goes down the no. slide. I like that. Yeah, don't no. piss on the slide. Yeah. Just you're sliding down the slide. It would be then a smaller go slide. Maybe just hit. Oh, okay. So you no, want like a slide for piss? Slide for human, so yeah. human can piss. Good call. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, MJ. You're actually allowed over. So human can get over to <laughs> foot log. Well, it's fairness, Tim. He doesn't want you to piss down a slide. That right. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. even have a fucking slide yet. How well, can I piss down Well, once he does, but not only is it's he, at risk. He was on board. He's like, it's 95% done. He goes, I just got to run it past Queenie. If she's on board, like, we're doing this. He ran it past his wife, and she said, yes. They're going <gasps> yes. to get a fucking slide. We're gonna be, at some oh point. Gosh. We're going to be adults. Like, I'm going to go down that tube slide because I have yeah. to you know, go piss outside. Well, you know you can't buy a child slide then to put it on there. I don't know what, what no he's buying. Shit. Yeah, we've already looked at a couple, and you have to get, like, a, an adult one. Wow. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. You today. Okay. Yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna go around to playgrounds and steal a bunch of slides. Yeah, we talked about that. Tape them together. I feel like this is gonna be just like the hot tub, Chuck's hot tub, sticking your Someone's dick down it, yeah. pissing down the slide. The hot tub's in progress, man. Yeah, it's, it's always done. in progress. It's like fucking MJ's list. Well, yeah, but <laughs> mine's in the same state as MJ's. My hot tub, in fairness, exactly the same. In fairness, Chuck has got stairs in and planted his seeds all in a quick timely manner this is true, this is I, true. i've done a lot of work in this law you sure have a lot I, I don't doubt that you have but since i'm never invited over i'll never know so oh, send you, me pictures you're welcome not, anytime. especially you when tomorrow. the slide so, is there yeah. Yeah, perfect yeah so <laughs> so back to our friend the dungeon master who just went on this insane kick of inhaling and coughing a ton and again we're ignoring him not on purpose but because we're engrossed in our conversation we finally acknowledge it we turn to him like dude you need to fucking cut that shit <laughs> yeah, out like put, put that, that down <laughs> more than half a joint in already he sets it down, puts it out, and all of a sudden it fucking hits him. And he stands up and goes, oh, my God. Like, my arms are disassociated from my body. <laughs> and he's looking at his arms, and he's like, there's a delay in what's happening. And we're like, motherfucker, you need to sit down. Yeah. And he goes, I, 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 I'm telling myself to sit down, and it's not happening. <laughs> Give it a minute. It's, I'm, I'm working on it. And we're like, seriously, dude, like, I can't handle this. You got to sit your ass down. Like, I don't, if you start walking around, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to tackle you. Like, I can't, I can't handle you up. You need to get down. You can talk crazy, talk sitting down. That's fine. But you right. really got to get your ass down. So, I told him he was about to be on the no fly list. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how long was he standing? Two minutes. Two minutes. It felt like 10. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it felt like it a long time. It was between two and five minutes. Okay. But, you know. So he sits down, but he still goes on with his talk. You know, he's, he's like talking about how there's this delay in signal to his arm and his his hands are doing all these funny things. And it's a trip. It's like, and we're looking at each other and we're like, man, I miss being able to get that. Yeah, yeah right. Like, yeah. We, don't, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> Maybe this is a gateway drug. Because like, right now, I'm considering heroin. Like, I want that fucking feeling that he's got. <laughs> so he was in a good spot for sure. He was in a great yeah. spot. And so we're talking, we're joking, and we're laughing. And all of a sudden, as he's, and he gets to a point where he has to take a call. He's like laying on the floor. <laughs> With the phone to his head, and he's nodding, thinking they can hear him. And I'm like, 
we can hear the other side of the phone calls because they're talking so loud. I feel like we need to communicate for him. We don't. We let him handle his shit. He gets a few words out and gets off that call. And But he stays laying on the floor and he's looking at Chuck's paintings over, like, laying against the baseboard. He's talking about him, like, explaining what he's seeing. Like, he's fucking high. He is so high. <laughs> he gets up, gets in his chair. So as, as Dungeon Master's climbing and he's talking about his dissociated arms and we get him sitting down and he's fine... He's like, my nose is just running. He needs a Kleenex. So Chuck stands up, grabs like three Kleenexes from the box and goes to hand it to him. But right then you can see on the dungeon master's leg is a big spider. <laughs> like on his inner thigh, <laughs> essentially. It was, it was on his leg, right on his leg by his knee at first. Okay. He's got his hands up in the air. The dungeon master does. He goes, I can't, I can't do anything. You can't. It took him 10 minutes to sit down. Like yeah. he, he can't fucking take care of the spider. Because his hands are disassociated exactly. from his body. You're exactly right. <laughs> And Chuck's standing right next to him with three Kleenex. I'm like, dude, take care of that. Get it, get it, get it. And right as Ch- Chuck's like, doesn't want to, he's like, ah. <laughs> and as he's reaching in to get it, the spider runs and goes right over his dick. Like it is standing <laughs> on his center. dick. And I start yelling, punch it, punch it. <laughs> dude, this went on for 10 minutes. I ended up taking video because Dungeon Master has a spider on his dick that you can see. He's got his hands up in the air because he can't move them. And he's laughing hysterically. He's like, this isn't real. This isn't real. This is not happening. It was absolutely outstanding. It so, was hilarious. Fine. So he continues to get high. He goes, I'm going to puke. <laughs> and Chuck is still talking. I, I didn't go, hear him. I know. I go, you need to get some shit right now. He goes, what do you mean? I go, he said he's going to puke. And Chuck looks at him and goes, what would you say? And Dungeon Master goes, yeah, I'm going to puke. And Chuck, like, his whole bottom half of his body is frozen, but he sits directly erect, straight up. And his whole body just pivots, hands out, left, right, left, right, <laughs> looking both ways. Like, where do I go? Where do I go? Where do I go? But there's nothing to do. Something, something, something. I take one foot, flip over that fucking table, and I point to it to, to Dungeon Master. I'm like, puking that, man. Because there's no getting him down the stairs. Yeah, yeah. No. There is nowhere else to go. Uh, I've got it. That stairs. isn't even safe. No. So what does Chuck do? He's panicked, and he's still looking left to right. He grabs a mesh trash can, throws it inside his upside-down table. <laughs> so there's two things to clean? Yeah. And, yeah. and he starts yelling, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> right as Dungeon Master just fucking starts puking. And it, it is like fucking three gallons of water coming out of yeah. him. I don't know how. He's like a camel. I don't know how. It was how mostly he had water. He had, uh, he had drank this giant bottle of water while we were sitting there while he was high i mean this I took guess. it probably took an hour hour and a half for him to get to this point there yeah. was a lot of lead up to this it was wow. but when it happened it happened fast and when you puke into a mesh trash can <laughs> oh, it just it was splatters. like splatter everywhere inside his big then <laughs> oh, <laughs> upside down puke table <laughs> and i am dying i am laughing <laughs> so fucking hard and chuck is freaking out for me it's old hat like i've been in this situation yeah, but right. chuck's the guy puking yeah <laughs> not my house not my problem i'm just sitting back and chuck's like what do i do i'm like i don't know man this is a you problem such a good friend huh? right. he really helped i'm so, surprised chuck didn't puke himself no i was fine well uh, no, just by seeing someone else puke no i know i was it, fine i'm surprised we were both okay yeah but it started it to stink so quickly Chuck's just standing there over. He's like, I don't even know what to do. And he's clearly looking for help. I feel like I've been in this position so many times with him. In my head, I get a get out of jail free card. Like, I don't need to help with this situation. This is a him problem. Yeah, especially this is my since problem. I had warned him ahead of time that everything was about to transpire. 
including when I got there, I'm like, well, I guess you can puke in this. Yeah. Like, never. And there was even a point before we got high, or no, as we got high, I'm sorry. He was already high. There was no more going down the stairs. I told Chuck, I'm like, you got a serious problem on your hands. He's going to have to piss soon because he just drank all that water. I'm like, you need to get a bucket up here or something. And I'm, he walked around. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I looked him dead in the eyes. And I go, <laughs> I'm totally serious. You really need to address this right now. And he laughed at me. <laughs> I, was, I was also really high in my defense. Yeah. Chuck was like, calm your tits, dude. Yeah, that's calm exactly your what yeah. he was like. I, I will admit I made a series of critical errors. <laughs> All of this was on me. So um, Dungeon Master's fine. We get him in a chair. He's rebounding. and He's laughing about it all. Chuck's standing over the table, upside down, filled with puke. Dungeon and, mesh, a mesh, and a mesh trash and can. And a mesh trash can in there, <laughs> which you can't separate. Right. right? No. There's no just picking it up and walking no, away. No. It's going to drip everywhere. Yeah. And it's got a half-inch lip at the bottom, so it's got, like, puke in it and, like, hanging off of it. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's just bad. There's no good in this situation. No. Again, I got my free pass, or at least I think I do. And he's standing over. He doesn't know what to do. I'm like, well, I'm going to tell you right now. If you can't figure this situation out, I get it. It's okay. But I'm going to have to leave. Because <laughs> this room smells like puke. It smelled really bad. And he's like, what? Oh, really? Like, can you do something? I'm like, no, I can't do anything. <laughs> so he went into problem solving mode and he fucking handled it like a boss. Oh. And quickly. I'm really impressed. And again, I'm sitting there being no help. Dungeon Master still laughing hysterically. But Chuck picks up this table. He goes downstairs, gets another bucket, a big uh, five-gallon Home Depot bucket, sets it up. Takes the upside down puke table over to it, has to balance it while he's balancing this trash can. Because again, you can't separate the two. You're going to get puke all over your floor. And he tips it. And I have a video of him, again, Dungeon Master sitting there just laughing. And Chuck pouring puke from this table into another bucket and then transferring the trash can, the mesh trash can, into the bucket. And then he carries one thing down and then he carries the. And this, this table doesn't yeah, it's fit. Aw- it's awkward. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Not it doesn't to, fit through the opening, actually. So he's got to tilt it on its side where it normally would drip now, but he's cleaned it out sufficiently. So there's just a small puddle in it. Holds it against <laughs> his body, goes down one step at a like time. This on my arm. Yeah. He's just holding it like between his body and the ladder so he can hold on the ladder. And he goes down one step at a time and just lets go and grabs the next rung. Let's go, grabs the next rung. Which for Chuck, who's scared of ladders, we've yeah. commented. Yeah, yeah. This is really impressive. Yeah. Then, and I'm, I'm just videoing the shit out of this, <laughs> giggling like a motherfucker. Such a good friend. Yeah, he, I he, am. He's not. He gets, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He gets, motherfucker, video, I no, handled no, you. No, no, I'm just kidding. I was a joke. Hey, I get video, it. I handled it. You were correct. That was, video might go viral. No, no we're, not, we're not doing anything with that. So he gets outside, and he's like pouring stuff out into like, I don't know, Places outside. I put it in the, the compost pile. Okay, he's, he's pouring in a compost pile. I'm in the window, and I can see out to where he's pouring, and I just start snapping pictures. And it looks like security footage. So you see this man just hunched over, emptying a Home Depot bucket into, like, dirt. And it looks like he's sneaking around. So I sent three pictures to you two, and I said, did you guys see the news? Somebody's walking around pouring puke in people's flower gardens. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it looks like Chuck. And you can't see his face. It's all him from behind yeah. and above. But to me, it looked hysterical. Mm. Oh, it was funny. Oh, it was hysterical. So he cleaned sure. all that up. The room cl- quickly went to smelling like weed again like it was supposed to. Uh, our boy did not, the dungeon master, did not smoke anything else the rest of the night. He did not reapply. And just he did slowly not. came down in the course of four hours. Slowly. Slowly. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. And, and I left. And the good news is, 
he wants to come give it a try. We're going to try it again uh, tomorrow. Is he going to abide by the suggested guidelines? Yes. I've gone and over it again. I don't even care if he does. I think it was a great show. Yeah. It was a great well, show. Being that you didn't have to handle the puke. I've handled it before. But so. not like that. Yeah. So I, I agree. Listen. You've been around it, and I know you were inconvenienced, but you didn't have to clean it up necessarily. See, I didn't. Here's the thing. When he puked and Chuck had to do it in real time, Chuck bitched about all of it. Well, yeah, of course I, I did. I would have bitched like, the entire time. I can't time. believe you puked in my table. I can't believe I threw the trash can in. I can't believe I have to clean this up. When Chuck did it in my house, I never Grumps. said a word. I never said a word. I just took care of it. I went out with a hose the next day. I made sure it wasn't, because it's right by the kid's slide. Like, they come down the slide to right where he puked. Oh, and, that's, he, and he acts totally like it was no fair. inconvenience to me. But I took care of it and never complained once. So I feel like I, I got to get out of jail for It's a good 20 feet away from the slide. Just Less saying. than four. No way. My <clears throat> lawnmower doesn't fit between the two. Okay, I'm going to look at this next time. Okay. <laughs> I'll text the Duchess right now to send us a picture. Yeah, okay. don't you live there? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I've cleaned it up. So <laughs> believe me, I'm familiar. I have a pretty clear memory very of this. Very familiar. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. I'll that bet, I'll is bet you quite the story. less than five feet for a joint. No, no, no. I, I'm not betting against that. <laughs> <laughs> fucking pussy. Yeah, right. <laughs> Makes radical if, claims. We'll back them up. <laughs> if you would have had a slide, you could have yeah. sent that motherfucker oh, down in a heartbeat. I'd have thrown and him he right <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Puke at the bottom of a slide is much easier to clean up. I know. And you don't have to really give many shits about him going down the slide as long as he's feet first. What if he pukes yeah. on the slide? That's fine. Spray still, it out. Still, hose yeah, it out. Hose yeah. it out. It's Way plastic. easier. So I told him to throw that goddamn uh, upside down puke table out. I'm never putting anything on it again. Just throw it away. Yeah, it's all right. It was within it. It was under it. And $150 table that will never be cleaned. Cleaned. Ever. Oh, it's cleaned. Okay. Forever unclean. You got room for a nice little round table? Did you down spray here it out like some? No, Lysol? I already have my own table. I bleach. Oh, he bleached. Fuck, it's See? clean, man. All right, it's clean. The trash can, however, did go in the actual trash. It was yeah. not recoverable. No, 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 no. no. That's a, that was like a wicker trash can, but, right? No, it was metal. It was like a metal mesh. But in hindsight, it worked out really well because yeah. it contained all of it's the. Gone. No, like no, gunk. don't say anything. Say chunks. Say chunks. All right. So, it all, it, you know, in all honesty, it was a, it was a good plan on my part. You know? Now oh that my. all the lizards are throwing up <laughs> yeah. themselves. Yeah. I, Sorry. I'm really excited to go to his uh, loft tomorrow to see what's what, been done. Yeah what, yeah. what he's changed to make it easier in case somebody just falls apart. Yeah. Yeah. I got emergency setups now. I love the it. The mesh trash cans are gone. I got a bucket with a bag in it. Like, we're, we're, we're ready. You all know, right. You know what provisions you need yeah. now. Yeah. I'm sorry I puked in your purse. Let's jump into our main topic tonight. <laughs> John Hughes movies. Oh my god! I looked at you because I knew that was I what was coming. Still was not prepared. So, as a team here, we a group here, we meet once a month to sit down and come up with ideas of what we could do for shows. And for the longest time, I knew I wanted to do a Breakfast Club show. And as we were talking about it, Tim said, look, you know, I'm happy to participate, but I don't love the Breakfast Club like you do, so I don't know that I'll have too much to add. He goes, I'd rather talk about something else. He named a movie. I'm like, oh, my God, that's actually a John Hughes movie. And then Chuck also named a movie. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's a John Hughes movie. So then we realized, you know, as we're talking about it out loud, there is this huge, huge library of fantastic John Hughes movies. I mean, this guy just wrote some of the best movies and directed so we started thinking, like, what if we all highlighted our favorite John Hughes movie? Kind of went in depth as to why we liked it, how it felt uh, when we first saw it, how it 
fits into our life and, uh, you know, give some accolades to this guy. So this guy, John, he was born in 1950 in Lansing, Michigan, grew up in Gross Point, ended up moving to Chicago when he was 13 years old. And the reason I point out that he was born in Michigan is just because, you know, we're Michigan slappies here. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I think we're all fans. And the fact that he grew up in the area kind of makes him feel like more of a, a Midwest kind of voice. Yeah. I think you can, It's a connection. Yeah, yeah. I think you can see some of that in his values, especially like in Breakfast Club where they're in that Chicago high school. Yeah, it's like the reason I don't hate Dak Shepard. Right. Because <laughs> he's a Michigan guy. Yeah. That's so funny. It's the only thing holding you back. Huh? Yeah. If he wasn't from Michigan, I'd be like, that's a f- oh, I can't say that. No. Don't say that. Just <laughs> say something else. Yeah, it's like, I just think he's a fucking jackass. I agreed. I agreed. <laughs> so, you know, not only has this guy done tons of great movies from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Mr. Mom, 16 Candles, National Lampoon's Vacation, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and more. He also had this really close relationship with John Candy. And... He would put John Candy in many of his movies, not all of them, in bit parts. Like you think Home Alone, like he's a guy, you know, on the uh, U-Haul. It wasn't a U-Haul, but it was some kind of packing like truck. Yeah, like a Packard. Um, Moving truck. Ooh. No, it was like a van. It was like a 15-passenger yeah. van, but they okay. had it. They had uh, no seats in the back. Okay. And, and he so was the like polka ver- king or something. Yeah, like he was that. the polka king of Chicago. So he played minor parts in movies like that, but also yeah. main parts in planes, trains, automobiles. It reminds me a lot of other famous directors who have those relationships with some other actors like yep. James Gunn uh, has both Nathan Fillion and oh careful now there's a stipulation in my contract I have to be the best looking guy here Michael Rucker hey bad enough I got this taco bender on my ass all day now I'm gonna take orders from you uh, they end up in a lot of his movies almost all of them oh look at Adam Sandler and his whole crew my grandma drank all my pot exactly yeah. Sam mm-hmm. Raimi and Bruce Campbell all right you primitive screwheads listen up See this? This is my boomstick. J.J. Abrams and uh, Greg Grunberg. Like, there's certain directors that have, like, a really close friend and will put them into bit parts. So I really respected that was his friend in John Candy. Well, in 1994, John Candy passed away of a heart attack. We had a small fire last night, but we caught it in the nick of time. (laughs) Tragic. Nobody saw it coming. (laughs) Except for that. It was huge and fat and ate a shit ton of ribs. Like, how did you not see it coming? Yeah. Um... But he and John Hughes were really close, and that really affected him. That same year, John Hughes moved back to Chicago from L.A. and really took himself out of the spotlight. So he still wrote, he still directed, he still um, helped produce other movies, but he maintained his place in Chicago and kind of took himself out of the spotlight from that point on until he died in 2009. He was out in New York visiting his son. He went out for a walk and unfortunately had a heart attack. Um, So what we'd like to do... That's just a little brief bio on John Hughes. Very brief. We're going to each pick a movie here that we absolutely love. Tell you a little bit about it. Hopefully get you interested. If you've never seen it, you know, a lot of these, I assume everybody's watched because they're classics, but there are so many good movies people haven't touched because, you know, they're 30 years old, uh, 40 years old. So MJ, let's start with you. What's your favorite John Hughes movie or one of them? Well, it is uh, quite perfect that you are talking about the John Candy element in this because I am going with Uncle Buck. Oh, such a great movie. That yes, was so good. where yeah. John Candy is the star of the movie. Yeah. And Uncle Buck, by the way, is part of the DVD collection at the nice. cabin. It's <laughs> a good choice. So, but anyway, Uncle Buck is, is one of those movies for us. And 
Buck is fantastic. He is the obnoxious older brother who is single into his middle age. He smokes cigars. He's on a bowling league a couple days a week. He gambles. He doesn't exactly make great life choices and, and doesn't really hold down a job. And his brother calls him out of the blue one night and needs him to come and stay with his kids because his father-in-law passed away from a heart attack. Hey, how you doing? Who are you? I'm your Uncle Buck. Do I have an uncle? Unfortunately. So that's when the comedy really ensues is Uncle Buck, who's never been around children before. There is... Uh, Miles and Maisie, who are like six or seven years old, and that is our introduction, I do believe, to one uh, Macaulay Culkin. Where do you live? In the city. Do you have a house? Apartment. On a rent? Rent. What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? I don't have one. How come? I don't need one. Where's your wife? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. Do you have kids? No, I don't. How come? It's an even longer story. Are you my dad's brother? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? 38. You're right. You're I absolutely right. I think that right. was his first movie, and he's a youngster in that. And then they have a teenage sister. So the kids love Uncle Buck. They find him quirky. They find him funny. He's just trying to figure stuff out. So it's, you know, a comedy of errors along the way. And uh, lots of great movie quotes in there. But I think my most favorite interaction in that movie is the teenage daughter. She is very rebellious. She's been moved to this town from, you know, wherever she grew up and is just a mad teenager at her parents and, you know, doesn't really like school and is just wanting to have this level of independence that isn't quite allowed yet. And so she starts dating this guy. And he goes by the name Bug. Who said anything about that? I just thought you'd like to join us for some ice cream. Maybe your Bug here can join us. We can talk about burying the hatchet. You know what a hatchet is, don't you, Bug? It's an axe? Sort of, yeah, yeah. I got one in the car if you'd like to see it. (laughs) And that's his nickname. And John Candy and him, just their banter is amazing. And he's like, you mean Bug is a gnat? And there's just some really good stuff that comes out of that. I'm trying well, to think of them. Yeah. Well, Jean, her name is Jean Louisa Kelly. Um, the teenage daughter? Yes, who I'm a fan of. She was one of the moms on Yes, Dear, if you ever watched that mm. show. She's been in a handful of different things. I've always enjoyed her. Uh, again, and you mentioned Macaulay Culkin's, I believe, his first appearance, if not close to. Yeah. Um, and then people like Lori Metcalf, who was on the show Roseanne. She, you know, at the time in the 80s and in the 90s, she was in everything. Yes. So it was a really star-studded cast and it was such an original script like it was funny like all those scenes with the pancakes and the mole on the chin buck melanoma molly russell's wart like there's just funny funny shit in that movie (laughs) yes you laugh good insults i like uh, uncle buck has a five-year plan for for quitting tobacco (laughs) and year five is cigars or he'd already quit cigarettes in year five and now it's on to cigars and then he's gonna smoke a pipe and then he's gonna do chewing tobacco and then he's gonna have the gum as the last (laughs) as the last phase of his quitting process you know what's funny is my uncle did something similar to that he could like same exact thing like he's like i'm gonna quit smoking and he just started smoking cigars instead and then you know just kind of went down that progression maybe he got it from that movie yeah, he probably got it from oh, that's yeah. great. he's like i'm gonna t- i like that method that is great <laughs> can really draw this out and have all the yeah. nicotine experience so you know the end of that movie i it's 
he, there's a, a scene at the very end where John Candy waves goodbye to the family and then it's like a, you know, still shot of it. Uh-huh. And my mom always gets really verklempt because it just, because he passed away yeah. not, not too long thereafter. Five so and he was such a great comedian and yeah. wonderful, fun actor. John Candy, yeah. He was fantastic. Never on Saturday Night Live, if you can believe it. You think really? of all the talent went through there, I guess a number of times they had him on standby. So they'll typically have an actor on standby in case somebody bails at the last second or gets sick or something like that. Uh, so they had him on standby a number of times, but never had him as host. That's a tragedy. Huh. Isn't it? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Because when you think of that era of comedians, mm-hmm. right? Like oh, he's he, right at the top, man. Oh, he yeah. definitely yeah. fit into that that mantra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You think of all the other movies he was in with like Dan Aykroyd's from SNL. Yes. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's surprising that he didn't ever get his due there. And I mean, I guess he died too early in life, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> That's a good one. That's a really I like good that. one. I really Thank like that. Movie. What year did that come out? That was 89. 89. Okay. That was 89. And, and it is a fun one. So even if you haven't seen it and you think 1989 sounds like old, it, it's worth it. It's, it's got some good humor. It's yeah. a good movie for sure. I love it. I haven't yeah. watched it in a while. I, I'd actually like to watch that with the kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, get a kick out of it. Yeah. Lucas you haven't enjoy- seen any John Candy that. movies. Like that's a good way to start. I think. I think so. Yeah. Oh, like great outdoors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's another good one. Yeah. That's I, the one with one there with Dan Aykroyd. Yep, yep. at the cabin. Yep. Mm-hmm. I saw that at the movie theater oh, with my cousins. I don't know when I saw it. To be honest, I don't remember seeing it at the movie theater. I don't know that I've ever seen that movie all the way through, to be honest. What? Mm. Yeah, I, I think I've seen clips. I, I, I used to have a crush on the girl, uh, the uh, the older brother. Mm. You had Not a crush, on the, had crush brother? on the older brother? <laughs> what was his name? I heard it that way too, Duke. <laughs> I, got, I wish it's I was okay. faster okay. and had my Semantics. phone out. Well, go back and listen to the tape. <laughs> <laughs> you said tape. <laughs> uh, no, it's the older brother or the older son, oldest son um, of John Candy. He's bored out of his mind because they go on that vacation. And he meets a townie girl that mm-hmm. works at the local you know, drive-up restaurant, mm. right? And they, you know, they, they hit it off. Does she roller skate in slow motion? She's cute. Yeah, there is a, yeah, she's cute. Can't go wrong with roller skating. In slow motion, especially. Absolutely. Especially if you're a roller girl and naked. Mm. <laughs> so hot. Or, dun, dun, dun. or with just little clothes on. Yeah, I'm in. Just little clothes. I'm in. Tim, what do you got for us? <laughs> oh, I got a good one, but we got to go, we got to go back a ways. So I'm going back to 1985. Okay. Ooh, predating mine. Yeah. And at this point in time, as a child, which I was, because I would have been like five at the time, um, this was not a movie that I watched when I was five. I didn't watch this movie probably until I was 13, 14, maybe even 15 years old for the first time. Oh, right? man. really? Yeah. Pumps are primed. Oh, yeah. For pumps, that one. Pumps are primed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I am going with the famous Weird Science. Oh, great movie. Yes, Gary and Wyatt, played by Anthony Michael Hall and Ian Mitchell Smith. Mm-hmm. I wonder what happened to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, Anthony Michael Hall clearly, like, joined the Brat Pack and yeah. went on, onward and upward. Yeah. What happened to Gary? It was that prepubescent voice that he had in Weird Science. That was rough. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what's the plot of this movie? Well, yeah, but before we get into the plot, let's talk about some of the other characters, because those are the two main characters, best friends, Gary and Wyatt, that that play. Uh, But then you have Kelly LeBrock. So, what would you little maniacs like to do first? Oh, yeah. 
Okay, so let's not let's not skip out on that. She was she's an ass. Her <laughs> accent. She was so smoking hot in that movie. She was hot Dude, in that movie. She was, yeah, she was righteous. Mm-hmm. So for for a teenage boy like myself, yeah, that was like the epitome of. Ooh, nice. Looking good. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Six to noon. Yep. Six to midnight. It's midnight. It's midnight. It's also noon. Not 6 a.m. to 12 p.m. Yeah. It's just the it's number. You're talking about a clock. 6 to 12 no, six, a.m. 6 to noon. Always. 6 to midnight. Oh, 6 to yeah. midnight. That's too much to say. 6 to noon rolls off the tongue. 6 to midnight it's makes sense. It's one more extra syllable. How does that make sense? Makes sense? <laughs> because that's when <laughs> shit happens. Nothing happens from 6 a.m. to 12 oh. p.m. I guess you don't live in my house. MJ's yeah. not even up at that point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There, that is like you're, you know, working, you got to get lunch. No, from six to midnight is when shit goes down. I'm going to agree with him, Jen, this okay. one. This went from six to midnight. But you say it however you want to. Yeah, it's the direction, guys. You, never mind. We're, let's get out of here. We can do this on the B side if you really want to have this conversation. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm lost already. You <laughs> got a boner. Yeah, That's what I it it. For joking. Kelly LeBrock. Anyways. <laughs> So, so Gary and Wyatt, Gary is the cooler, I guess, of the two. However, they're both kind of geeky high school kids, right? Mm-hmm. They're looking to break out. Gary is really into, into girls at this point in time. Wyatt is more so into his computers and really doesn't care. He's, he's looking to get into a good college, right? And computers were so new. Yeah. In right, that this is 1985. Yes. Right? <laughs> so we're talking about the, the first like Apple computer aspects. Um, Anyways, they have a sleepover. They decide to create their ideal fantasy woman by tearing pages out of magazines and you know, put them through this this printer, which, you know, whatever. No, I'm not talking about digging up a dead girl, Wyatt. I'm talking about your system, idiot, your computer. You know? What's the difference? Why can't we simulate a girl? I don't know. I, I guess I could, but why? And all of a sudden, there is this... I don't know, electrical storm that occurs, and all of a sudden, there she is. <laughs> Emerging from the shower. <laughs> uh, no, just the door just is the door. open. Oh, the bathroom. The from behind her, and yes. smoke yeah. pouring out. She mm. looks hot as fuck. Yeah, I, remember, yes. I remember that scene, actually. I, the smoke and stuff like that, I totally like, remember that. How and come that never happens yeah. to me when I enter a room? You just need a smoke machine. God mm-hmm. damn it. Happens when Chuck walks in. <laughs> Wind blowing through his goatee. His goatee starts moving. In. <laughs> We're right here. His t shirt rippling in the wind. In the wind. I love it. Uh, so, so, anyways, Lisa is what they decide to name her. So, she is basically, I mean, in a way, their love slave. At least that's what Gary wants. Wyatt thinks this is the coolest science experiment that's ever happened. Um, they find out that she has powers. She can basically do whatever she wants to do. She can give them a car. She can make them look cool and put them in clo- cool clothes. And that's what Gary wants. And Wyatt kind of just goes along with it. And so eventually they throw a party. Um, some freaky shit happens. <laughs> They're trying to impress two girls that have boyfriends. Um, these random bikers show up at the party. Uh, it's, it's, it gets a little strange. However, the premise of the party was them finally learning in the end and, and the girls realizing as well, these girls that they were falling for, that uh, they, they could just be themselves. They didn't have to try to be someone else, right? They could just be themselves. And eventually, you know, if, if people are smart enough, they would accept them for who they were, right? And that was the, Every, the overall premise. Everybody thought Lisa was their girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it elevated their popularity. 
And that's what they were trying to. Everybody yeah. thought Wyatt and what was the other one's name? Wyatt and Gary? Gary. Yeah. Garrett. The, their Garrett. girlfriend Garrett. was Lisa. Garrett. So they let them hang out with them. One thing I love about John Hughes movies is his take on really making you feel and understand where a teenager is coming from. Every movie he does that has teenagers in it, you really get a spotlight on how hard it is, the social angst, wanting to be cool, you know, looking at other kids and thinking they're cool. Like when you're young and you see these movies, you don't necessarily get it. Um, you might associate yourself with the characters because you're younger, but when you're old and you look back and you realize like, that's exactly how it was. There's a scene in your movie, Weird Science, in the beginning where Gary and Wyatt walk into the gym and they're standing there watching everybody else in the gym and they're talking about who they want to talk to, who's cool, who's not. And two of the cool guys come up behind them and pants them. Uh, and it happens to be Robert Downey Jr. is one of those yes. guys, yes. which that's I correct. find pretty funny. But I love that that happened, not because... I want those guys to get pantsed, but it just it shows you that stress of being a nerd, of being an outcast, of not being the cool kid in school, and that's what you want to be. And it really tees up then this transformation to once they have Lisa there, right, this beautiful woman, they are the cool kids, and they can say and do whatever they want, and it, it takes adjustment. And, mm-hmm. the, and then they realize that's not really what they wanted, and they were just fine being themselves. Yeah, I mean, o- overall, I mean, the movie itself obviously hits home for a teenage boy, yeah. right? Um, but again, looking back on it this many years later, I had there's an, a, a different appreciation for it, which, yeah. which is nice, you know, to have. Um, but overall, what a wonderful movie! Mm-hmm. It's Bill, funny. Bill Paxton's yes. in it. Plays Bill Paxton's brother in it. Chet, oh, yeah, Chet gets turned into a big pile of shit. <laughs> And, <laughs> and he like makes fart noises. It's great. That's, I love that because he's such a douche. He is. And he he treats, deserves it. He treats Wyatt like shit. His younger yeah. brother through the whole movie. He's like a an army sergeant that has come back uh, and is staying with his parents. Like he's clearly too old to be at home, especially in the eighties. Like now everybody stays at home until they're like fucking 40 for some reason. But back then, like if you were this guy's age and it's been twenties, you wouldn't be at home. So he's at home, he's on leave or something, or just, I don't know what happened, why he's there, but he makes his brother's life a living hell. So then later, Lisa doesn't put up with him, turns him into a pile of shit. Oh, yeah. that's great. So, and he's like eating flies and shit. He's like, I don't even know why I'm doing that. I can't help it. Two of the best scenes in that whole movie, I think, were both done in a bathroom. All right. So there was a, a shower scene with Lisa where there is no nudity. They, they kept their jeans on. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gary and Wyatt take their shirts off, but keep everything else on. Well, as a teenage boy, that's exactly what you right. do. Oh, yeah, so that nervous. is. I'm showering yes. with a naked girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're not derobing. Uh, and then the other one is when they are actually having the party and they're in the bathroom trying to talk each other up to talk to these two girls that they have this, you know, this thing for. And the two girls come in and they want to use like the powder room and Gary's like, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. And instead of leaving, they go into a shower, and then he closes <laughs> the shower door, but it's it's a glass shower, right? So you can yeah. see everything. The girls don't. They just put makeup on and, like, fix their hair or whatever. But that was their way of giving, you know, privacy. Right? Oh, it was just it, really It weird. shows you, again, a teenage mentality oh, thought, that you yeah, don't put yeah. anything together. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah, I'll turn away. Let me walk over here where yeah, I won't yeah. be able to see or hear anything. It's yeah. just funny. And boys are, the boys are dumb. Oh, they are. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. dumb. We still are. We still are. Yeah. No, I know. That doesn't Boy, change. I said boys are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, my personal favorite scene is something simplistic. It's when they decide to clean the house. Lisa knows the party's over. In her head, she hits it. Everything gets sucked through the fireplace and gets shooting out the chimney. But there's like a woman holding onto something. And like her dress rips off and she goes flying across the room in her underwear. And as an 11-year-old, 
Like I had never seen anything like that. <laughs> I was blown away. My mother took me to see this movie and I'm sure she was shocked. <laughs> At what happened? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I, there wasn't real nudity. You couldn't really see anything, yeah. but just a woman in her underwear. I'd never seen anything like that at 11. I think it was still edgy for the time period. Yeah, there was no internet back then. So yeah. the only way for me to see shit like this was to go to the movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Or get a Playboy from Sam Gorsh's dad. Yeah, it was kind of like summer <laughs> vacation in the pool scene, right? Like you're just like, close enough. <laughs> I like that selection, Tim. And I like the song "Weird Science." Oh, just because weird it was, science, science. You know, it's not a science. It's not a song. <laughs> it's not a song that works by itself. Like you're never going to just listen to that song. But bow, in the movie, bow. it's perfect. You don't know, Tim. It's not Kenny Loggins. No, Kenny Loggins. Bow, bow, bow. You can listen to K Log anytime. You think K Log needs to pay for sex? Do you? No, I know. Anytime. I know. You got what about him previously? <laughs> I don't understand how you're not. Because it's Kenny Loggins. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What do you got for us, Chuck? What's yours? So I have uh, Career Opportunities. Came okay. out in 1991. I don't know that I've watched this. Really? I don't know about no? this one. Okay. So this has uh, Jennifer Connelly in it. I don't want to be alone. Oh, oh I very love her. young Jennifer Connelly. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Frank Whaley. So if you'll excuse me, I have work to do. I have to clean dead flies out of the lighting fixtures. Um, who has been in a shit ton of stuff, but the only thing that I can really say that I think you guys would know him from was in Pulp Fiction. He is in the apartment mm. when they're getting the briefcase. Yes. He's the one that they're talking to. Okay. Okay. Um, I think this was his first like actual lead role. I don't know that he's the greatest actor in the world, but no. you know, <laughs> um, so he is the town liar essentially. Um, lives in this small town near St. Louis, and um, he just lies about everything. He tells stories like he's an FBI agent or, you know, a millionaire and whatever. Um, But he gets fired from his job, and his dad essentially gives him the ultimatum, right? Like, you're moving out or you're getting a job. Like, that's it. You're not just living here for free, basically. Kind of like you were saying earlier, right? That was the time period, right? When you were a certain age, like, you just moved out. Yep. Um, So... He, you know, he goes around to some of his old jobs to see if he can get rehired and stuff, and nobody will take him. So he ends up at Target, and uh, he goes in for an interview, and this is the only other real major actor in the movie, which is John Candy. I'm so excited that you're considering joining the Target team. We all are. I I appreciate that. Good. Then let's cut right to the chase, shall we? We're prepared to offer you. Forty-two five a year with a full benefit package. That's dental, medical, profit-sharing pension, expense account, car allowance, vacation, of course, and any and all relocating expenses. This is our first, best, and last offer. What do you think? He plays the store manager. Mm. And there's this really funny scene where he's kind of like sitting down giving him this job offer because he thinks he's like interviewing for a management position or something what do you mean mr plane <laughs> his secretary calls him like halfway through and tells him that the guy who's supposed to be interviewing his plane got delayed or something then who the hell am i talking to so he's like who the fuck are you <laughs> he tells him like you know i'm here for whatever whatever the position was and he's like you're the nighttime cleaning boy <sighs> james i'm afraid we have a little misunderstanding here you see i i thought you came in for the uh, operations manager's job I have you down here as a uh, night cleanup boy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you four forty four an hour. <laughs> oh man! Um, so he uh, he starts 
you know, learning his job. He comes in for his first day. He takes a, like a, I don't know, it'd almost be like a Metro car or something. It wasn't a limo, but close to it. Like he's trying to be all fancy about it, you know? Um, Cause he's trying to create a persona that's exactly. not him. Yes. Yeah. So At just, 4, like, 44 an hour. Oh yeah. That was, <laughs> you know, um, he must have had a little, I, he probably used the last of his money to do this, to be mm. honest with you. Um, but uh, he gets to work, you know, he's comes in on the night shift to start cleaning and his, his boss is just a dick. And he's like, this is what you're doing. You're going to clean the bathrooms and you're going to come in and clean my desk. You're going to polish it. Then you're going to sweep the, you know, the aisles this way and that way. And, um, so he starts doing it, you know, the guy locks him in the store and shuts off all the lights and he's just alone and he's cleaning this target store. And, um, uh, Jennifer Connelly's character was in the store while it was open and she ended up, I don't know, hiding out in the changing rooms. She was like trying to steal some shit or something. So he's doing his thing. He's like opening up packages and stuff and like getting out like dust busters and like radios and stuff. And I mean, he's having a great time and uh, he's going through there and here's Jennifer Connelly like standing in front of him. And um, it's great. You know, they start kind of having this little like romance thing and they're, they're roller skating through oh, the store, nice. which is great. Um, there's Fine. a really fantastic scene where she's Jennifer Connelly is on this like like a horse, you know, like straight from PJ, I give you Kinky Kelly and the sexist dud. The, you know, the quarter machine thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she's just riding it in like this like tight white shirt and she looks fantastic. She's gorgeous. Yeah. I absolutely oh, love yeah. her. She's fucking ageless. Oh, I agree. Yeah. You know, yes. Yeah. So what, she's in Top Gun too. Mm -hmm. 30 mm -hmm. years after this movie yep. we're talking about ish, 30 ish she, years. She may look better now. I, I think and she does. She's, she's a like, better actress now yeah. for sure, but dynamite. Um, so they end up, you know, there's this uh, couple robbers that come in and they start stealing shit and there's a little heist, you know, um, and they sort of double cross them and, you know, wrap up the movie nice and tight. And those two end up in like Hollywood or something, you know, it's got a nice little happy ending. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I don't think, I don't think this was like one of his most well-received movies. Um, but for Why me. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I, probably because of the actor, the main actor. So, I just don't think he was that great. Did you ever see 40-year virgin? 40-year-old virgin, you guys? Yes. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah, she was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. That was the Conley scene. Yeah. So in 40-year-old virgin, Steve Carell plays that character. I honestly believe if you don't have St Steve Carell in that movie, it doesn't work. Oh, not at yeah. all. He's mm -hmm. so likable and comes across as the nicest guy ever that you, you want him to win. Mm -hmm. So you're behind him. This movie that you're talking about, this guy, Frank, I mean, the actor himself, no matter what role he comes in on, he comes across as swarmy. Yeah. He's I agree. just, he's just, and I know that was the character, but they didn't get somebody that was likable enough yes. to carry that role. You needed somebody that you were rooting for. And this guy, when you see him, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I fucking hate that guy. Yep. Douchey looking. Whatever movie he's in, he, he always is the swarmy guy. Always. And he's just, he's hard to deal with. He's like mm -hmm. uh, Squiggy from Laverne and Shirley. How dare you? <laughs> and who's showing their age now? Laverne and Shirley? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> nice. I, was, I was watching that when I was five. That in Happy Days. Uh, I think actually the last time I mentioned Laverne and Shirley, you gave me shit and called me old. <laughs> I gotta, I'm going to have to go to the tapes. Yeah. Uh, that might awesome. take me a while to find. <laughs> open that cassette collection yeah. I actually I'm gonna go watch that movie I haven't I don't know that I've seen that I've seen it it's been a long I time I want to see it it's you know it, it's a decent movie I think it still kind of holds up um you know it, it's got some funny parts to it I but for me it's very nostalgic for me I remember you know I saw this when I was probably 13 
And I just, I love the movie back then. It was hilarious to me. Jennifer Connelly's in it. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it was great. So mm-hmm. for me, I just have good memories of it. Well, you it's got I mean? three good things going for it. It's a John Hughes movie. Yes. John Candy makes a cameo in it. And Jennifer Connelly. I mean, mm-hmm. those are three things yeah. I love. So it's worth watching just for that. Even if it's not the greatest movie, I'm excited to see it. But <laughs> I know what you mean by having nostalgia yeah. and yeah. love for something like yeah. that that you watched yep. when you were young. I feel like that's easy to, to you know, want to watch... Um, something of somebody that is familiar like John Hughes, right? Yeah. You, can, mm-hmm. you, you, know, you know he has such a collection of things that you've seen that you've enjoyed. So if there's a John Hughes movie I've missed, I probably would be well yeah. off to watch yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. that's a good point. I'm going to add that to the list. You just made the list! Add it to the Here, I'll get it. Yeah, <laughs> put it in your journal. Let me get that. It may Let end up being that, like, dude. yes, or possibly... <laughs> Welcome to Fletch. Put in your Roscoe diary. <laughs> um, all right. Well, my movie for me is a no-brainer. I mean, that's what really kicked all this off, and that's clearly The Breakfast Club. 1985, rated R. I fucking love this movie. Now, it came out when I was 11. I did not see it at the theater. My sister at the time, uh, six years older than me, so when I'm 11, she's 17, I remember her coming home and being like, this movie was like my life. That's how she felt. Mm-hmm. Like, she totally got it. And she was, you know, back then in detention, like they are in this movie. Um, but this movie's filled with, and I'll get to the plot in a second, this movie is filled with famous people. Those five people in it, very young actors at the time, but they were considered the Brat Pack. Have you ever heard of the Rat Pack? You know, Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin. Well, in the 80s, they had, you know, the media grabbed onto these kids that kept being in the same movies, like this and St. Elmo's Fire. Uh, and there's a couple others that they added to this list, like Rob Lowe, but they were considered the Brat Pack, kind of a play off the Rat Pack. Um, but those actors at the time were everywhere. Everywhere you looked, they were on magazines, they were on TV, they were being interviewed, they were fantastic. Now, you watch this movie, and it's about five teenagers who show up at their school in Chicago, Illinois, for detention that day. It's a Saturday, 7 a.m. None of them want to be there. And just the way they all get there, very first moments of this. The director is amazing. John Hughes shows these empty hallways as you hear this essay being read aloud by Anthony Michael Hall. Now, what you don't know is this essay is kind of the crux of the movie. At the very end, you hear it again, and now it makes so much more sense. But they're showing these empty hallways. They're showing locker rooms. They're showing gymnasiums. They're showing trophy cases. It's just it's showing you a typical high school that's completely empty. As you hear Anthony Michael's Hall, Anthony Michael Hall's monologue, which is their essay, and it's really saying, "Look, you don't know who we are. You know nothing about us, but you label us with these things like athlete, like the loser, <laughs> like you label us, and you don't understand what that means." Now you get into the movie, right? That's all before the movie really gets going. You see, all five of these kids get to school in different ways, and the attention to detail here is amazing. Because he's really trying to bring out five different characters and have them be completely different, but show that they're all the exact same and that all teenagers have the same problems. So you have Bender, right? He's this loner. A criminal. Criminal, yes. You should have taken this one. I hate you. (laughs) I wanted it. So this movie, I'm going to break down who the Rat Pack is real quick. First of all, you have Judd Nelson, Molly Ringwald, Ali Sheedy, Anthony Michael Hall, uh, and the Mighty Duckster himself, Emilio Estevez. Remember that line? Yes. What's that from? The Mighty Duckster himself, Emilio. It's from Night at the Roxbury. Very good. So anyways, I'm standing there waiting to use the payphone. Yeah, he was, seriously. And this guy who's on the phone turns around and tips his hat like this. 
And who do you think that guy was? Emilio Estevez, the Mighty Duck Man. I swear to God, I was there. Of course you were. You were the one who yelled the Breakfast Club's name. I was like, Emilio! That was fucking impressive. Thank you. That was impressive. Like if, if I'm there, always impressed. If, if there was a way to give you a raise, because you know we don't make shit. If there was a way to, like that deserves it. Oh, that was man. impressive. I, I, I knew you knew it. <laughs> so you have the criminal. You have Judd Nelson walking across the street. Big baggy '80s coat on, scarf, torn jean pants, denim jacket on, flannel under that. Oh, half gloves. Giving zero fucks. Long Ooh, yeah. hair, earring, uh, one little strip of his hair in the front. Dyed, I'm sorry, it dyed, bleached white. And he, you're right, he's giving zero fucks. Sunglasses on. It's like 6.45 in the morning. He's walking across the street, and this car just comes to a screeching halt, and he just walks right in front of it. Doesn't even blink. Just keeps walking. Then you have the princess. She gets out of her, it's Molly Ringwald. She gets out of her Mercedes, or I'm sorry, it was her BMW. Daddy's. And she's talking to her daddy. Like, I can't believe you can't get me out of this. Really showing privilege, right? She's the rich girl. Show up in a BMW expecting her dad to get out of it. Uh, and he's like, sorry, princess. We'll have more time this you know, weekend to do whatever. Uh, then you have the athlete. You have the Emilio Estevez, the Mighty Duckster, shows up in his, with his dad in his Bronco. His dad's got you know, a sweatshirt, hooded sweatshirt on. He's like, it's okay. You can screw around at school. I get it. I screwed around at school, but you can't get caught. You got to, you know, think of your ride first. And, you know, you don't want to lose your scholarship because you do something stupid like this. He's like, I know. And you can just tell the son's pissed. Like, he's just hearing it all the time, but he's not saying anything. And just he gets out of the car. And then you have the brain, Brian, Anthony Michael Hall show up. Family station wagon, personalized license plate in the front that says EMC2. Was MC Square? <laughs> I just I found that really funny. It's a brainy family. He's got sisters in the car. She hands him his lunchbox. Like he's clearly dressed as a nerd. Wanders in, and then the fifth one, uh, the basket case, just comes walking. You never even see where she comes from. She just comes from the back of the room, and then here comes the principal, played by legendary act- actor Paul Gleason. I mean, this guy is fantastic. Fantastic. I tell you, I got Hagadaga all right from somewhere. It's this guy in this movie. <laughs> There's a scene where he's looking in a, a fire extinguisher reflection. He strains his collar, looks at himself, he goes, Hagadaga! And then he w- keeps walking down the hall. I fucking love it. Um, so you get these five kids in the room at 7 a.m. And he comes in and he tells them, you're all here for a reason. What we're going to do today, you're going to write an essay, 1,000 words about yourself. And I don't want any monkey business. Uh, and this is due before the end of the day. And he goes to his little office and it's a straight shot away and he can see them. The rest of the movie is really about these five kids figuring out their problems. Now, way back in 1985 when this came out, shortly after that, it's on VHS. I'm in sixth grade at the time. And we were allowed to watch a movie at school. It was, it was the last day of school, and we were allowed to pick a movie to come watch, and we picked Breakfast Club. I was kind of the ringleader about it because my sister always talked about it. I had seen it at home because she had rented it. I didn't understand all of it, but I knew it was special, right? So I, I asked to watch that. Everybody else in the class wants to. They send a letter home to the parents letting them know, and all these parents are up in arms because at one point in the movie, all these kids with problems get high, and then they solve their problems and talk it out and work through it. Mm-hmm. And they didn't want pot to be the reason that these kids figured shit out and they didn't they didn't want that kind of impression on us. So instead, we watched Top Gun. <laughs> quite a <laughs> difference. Wah, wah, Top wah. Gun was still great, but you know, not, not your quite pick. Breakfast Club. Not right. your pick. So anyway, back to the movie. 
I think this movie is incredible. The director, John Hughes, does such a fantastic job of highlighting these actors and actresses. And when you think about it, you go back and watch it. I want you to keep this in mind next time you see it. There are so many wide shots of the five of them sitting at desks, papers in front of them, being their character all at the same time. And you can't concentrate on all five of them. And they're all doing different things. Andrew's being the jock. Judd Nelson's being this criminal, this deadbeat, this loser, the princess, you know, the, the girl with all this privilege. They're all acting completely different in just these little tiny ways. And because they're all in the same room and because this room is so well lit, it comes off as a play. It's really incredible to see them all walk and move around the room and how Judd Nelson pulls the chair up and talks to the princess. And it's really incredible. I loved it. Mm. But the acting in it. I mean, these guys at the time are in, in either late teenagers or very early 20s. I, I know there's a little gap in some of their ages. Like Anthony Michael Hall was younger, whereas Judd Nelson was a little bit older. But they're all playing you know, high school students. The acting is incredible. Mm-hmm. When Judd Nelson is getting into it with the principal, and the principal's like, you want another? Yes. That's it. You got another. I got you for the rest of your natural born life. So, so eat my shorts. You just bought yourself another Saturday, mister. Oh, I'm crushed. You just bought one more right there. Well, I'm free the Saturday after that. Beyond that, I'm going to have to check my calendar. Good, because it's going to be filled. We'll keep going. You want another one? Say the word. Just say the word. Instead of going to prison, you'll come here. <laughs> John Nelson plays that character so well. He does. And you can tell it's eating him up inside. He doesn't want to come back for two months, but he also doesn't want to give an inch. And he also has this... Fuck's a man. Yeah, but he also has this image he wants to portray to everybody else like he doesn't care, even though he does. And you can see all of that on his face. So good. So mm-hmm. fucking good. Later in the movie, you know, these guys are starting to get to know each other. They're bored out of their mind. They're locked, locked in a vacancy all day, right? There's nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. They're dancing. They're listening to music. They're t- tearing pages out of the books. But the whole time, they're talking. Getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. Later in the movie, they finally kind of break down and they all start crying for different reasons and explaining their problems in life. And every kid's been through a lot of this stuff. We're seeing their friends go through a lot of this stuff. It's so real. It's about the size of a cigar. Do I stutter? See, this is what you get in my house when you spill paint in the garage. Mm-hmm. But fantastic. Yes. Such a good movie. So the ending of this whole movie. You know, by the end, the criminal is dating the princess. Uh, Ali Sheedy is dating uh, the mighty Duxter himself. Uh, Brian feels better about himself and has friends. And they write this essay saying, look, we realize we don't really care what you see us as. You're going to generalize us however you want to. But we know who we are now. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's really empowering. It's really good. It is. I haven't watched this movie in years. <laughs> Last night, I was editing one of our episodes and I was doing it in record time. I really wanted to get it done. So I stayed up super late. I got done just after midnight. I thought, all right, I'm going to sit down and watch a show before bed, kind of wind down, put on a half-hour show. Right as I was wrapping that up, I realized, oh, shit, we're talking about John Hughes movies today. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't watched Breakfast Club in years. Now, I could talk about it all day, but I really wanted to watch it to appreciate it. So starting at 1230, I watched Breakfast Club. I didn't go to bed until almost 2 in the morning. Oh, wow. (laughs) And uh, it was worth it. It was worth it. As a 47-year-old man looking back, watching it again i haven't watched it in at least 15 years even though i know it by heart and i was saying it along last night with the movie but even though i haven't watched that in that long i have a new appreciation for it now Mm -hmm. looking at how that director wrote that dialogue and got this performance out of these five kids i mean it's a small small um 
cast, right? It's a small cast. You have the five characters, you have the janitor, Carl, and you have the principal. And besides that, you have a couple of parents dropping them off in the beginning. Other than that, you don't see anybody the whole mm-hmm. movie. That's why, again, I say it's like a play. I mean, you have five characters in a room that... Yeah. It's a both. simple setting. Yeah. So, so Simple cast. I, I love that. I think that movie has so much humor to it. It's got so many good quotes, movie quotes that have come from that. But that scene when they are all sitting around together and being vulnerable with one another about why they're in there. And, you know, all I could think about was Larry's father and Larry having to go home and, and explain what happened. And the humiliation, fucking humiliation he must have felt. Calling each other out and just, it is such an intense scene. And I love that human element about it. I think you said something there that is just so fucking intelligent. They call each other out and stuff. Mm -hmm. So they start to talk about their problems and why they're there. And the other ones check them. They're like, man, don't you see? Like they talk to them about their problems and really help point out things that they had overlooked. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes them self-reflect. It makes them get past some stuff. Be accountable and walk away thinking, you know, the, the, the essay is about the assumptions that the principal makes about them each individually, but about what each other thought about themselves individually coming in that day as well. And what they thought of each other before the fact. Yeah, that's important for the check aspect, right? Like that was the whole thing. Yes. Like, you know, they thought they had a, a some persona, right? I generally think you're a criminal. So yep. I, I, you know, yep. I, this is what I think of you and I summarize you as this mm, yep. and exactly. princess yep. and brain and weirdo. And now there's a great scene where John Bender gets up and he starts imitating what he thinks. Um, Anthony Michael Hall's character. Why did I just forget his name? Brian. Brian. He starts imitating what he thinks Brian's life is at home. And he's like, hey, son, let's go fishing. (laughs) Oh, gee, dad, I have homework. That's okay, son. You can do it in the boat. Oh, great, dad. Well, Brian, this is a very nutritious lunch. All the food groups are represented. Did your mom marry Mr. Rogers? Uh, No, Mr. Johnson. Huh. And like he's making fun of him. And Anthony Michael Hall clearly actually has a good life where his family loves him, but he feels guilty about it because this loser is making fun of him. That is the exact description of what it's like being a teenager, right? People make yeah. fun of you for things you should be proud of, and you feel self-conscious for it. It's yeah. really strange. So I love that he put that kind of stuff in it. I'm going to point out two more things that I really enjoyed about this movie. One, the song by The Simple Minds. Mm. Don't oh, Forget yeah. About Me. Still yeah. a great song. Great song. Fucking love it. I put it on playlists all the time. Mm-hmm. Such a good song. Billy Idol actually did a version of it, and it works. Mm. It's good. Uh, that wasn't too long ago. But one thing I love about this movie is the reason they're all there, because they have dramatic reasons. So I'm going to go around. I'm going to leave you for last time, Jay, because I'm assuming you probably know all these. I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, do you know any of the reasons why they're there? Do you, I know you probably haven't seen the movie in years. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, no. Okay, Chuck, you? I don't. It's been years, years and years and years since I've seen this. Well, don't say Ali Sheedy's because that's my favorite. But do you remember any of the others, mm-hmm. MJ? What do you I, got? Yeah. Uh, the Jack is there because he taped Larry's butt cheeks together in the locker room. Not just that. 
but Larry was extremely hairy. Had a hairy butt. And so when he <laughs> when they pulled the tape off, you know, Harry, he just imagined Harry, Larry, having to tell his dad and that he had his butt cheeks taped together and had to rip it off with all this hair. The humiliation he must have felt for being bullied and Andrew, to that extent. Yeah, and Andrew had empathy at that point. Like, he felt mm. bad that he did it, but he did it because he felt like he had to because he, you know, that's what you do when you're a jock. Sure. So that was incredibly powerful. Who else? What else you got? Uh, John Bender was in there because there was an explosion in his locker. No, it was a smoke alarm he pulled. Ah. Which led to the whole conversation. You think pulling you a think smoke alarm is funny? Yes, that's right. What would happen if your dope was on fire? Mm-hmm. Possible certs in Johnson's underwear. <laughs> the princess skipped class to go shopping. Very good. And Brian... Uh, was it about shop class? Was it yes. about the elephant? Yes. He tried You're to good. pull the trunk. That was the thing that it didn't he, work. He had a failing grade in shop class. He took shop because he thought it'd be easy. And John Bender calls him out on that. Oh, you took it because you thought it was going to be easy. And he Why couldn't get a lamp to work where he had to pull this elephant's trunk and it was going to turn on. And it, it didn't. So he failed. He had never failed anything in his life. He'd gotten straight A's because he was so smart, but he couldn't build this in shop because it was supposed to be so easy. And John Bender gives him shit for that. Again, checking him, calling him on it. Mm-hmm. And then there's finally Ali Sheedy, <laughs> my favorite. Go ahead. She was there because she didn't have anything better to do that yeah. day. <laughs> <laughs> she just showed up. She just walked in and they were there. So she sat with them all day and hung out. She was the comedic <laughs> relief at the end of that very vulnerable scene, though, where, I, where all the emotions were present. And she was she was the last one to be like, do you all want to know what I did to get in here? Nothing. I came because I didn't have anything else to do. And they all crack up. And then they party. And then they dance and sing and... And Molly Ringwald does Ali Sheedy's makeup yep. and says, you know, you do look a whole lot better without all that black shit under your eyes. And Ali Sheedy says, I like that black shit. <laughs> yeah, Ali Sheedy was kind of like the loner, though. Yes. Yes. So if you uh, if you were, I, I told you there's a lot of these far off shots where you see the whole group together in a big room and that's where it comes off as a play. There's a lot of moving moments in this that are stressful, that are very dramatic. And man, as a director, he gets right up in their face and you see their emotion. When Bender and the principal, Vernon, are going back and forth at each other, it is close-ups of their faces and you can see the intensity. You can see the stress in their face. It's incredible. I love this movie. I encourage you to go back and watch it. I think you'll take something else out of it. Don't mess with the bull. You'll get get the the horns. And I too, Duke, I just watched this last Saturday. You did? Myself, yes. Okay. What was that ruckus? Vernon. Can you thing. describe the ruckus, sir? <laughs> I love it. And it, I mean, an old throwback. We guys told you the story about when MJ and I were out in Kalamazoo for a meeting somewhere, and all day, all we did was email each other back and forth in Breakfast Club quotes. It's great. Yeah. I wish we had those scripts because they were... That, it was long. <laughs> so those guys I just saw in Chicago that I went out to see, yeah. all of them were at that same meeting. And that's what prompted the show, the talk about the podcast. They're like, oh. hey, remember when you and, and MJ were sending all those emails back and forth during that whole meeting? <laughs> I'm like, why, yes, I do. In fact, we just talked about that on our podcast. <laughs> oh, you have a podcast? <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. We were just sitting in there like. <laughs> 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 all right. That, that wraps up our special subject on uh, John Hughes. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm sure you probably have a favorite, too. If there's a movie we should have picked, let us know. Feel free to email me at duke at 5dlounge.com or throw up uh, you know, your favorite movie poster on uh, Instagram and hashtag it, hashtag 5DL. You. 
Appreciate it. Well, let's get baked. Uh, let's go <laughs> ahead and we're going to grab some Wonka Bars 13, go smoke a little bit, come back, tell you how we feel, and then fade you out to the B side. We Ooh. like a da Wonka. Be right back. Pause, don't stop. About to start a little puff puff giving this motherfucker. Get out of here, Dewey. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer. And you don't want no part of this shit. Come on, Dewey. Join the party. No, Dewey. You don't want this. Get out of here. You know what? I don't want no hangover. I can't get no hangover. It doesn't give you a hangover. Well, I'll get addicted to it or something? It's not habit forming. Oh, okay, well, I don't know. I don't want to overdose on it. You can't OD on it. It's not going to make me want to have sex, is it? It makes sex even better. Sounds kind of expensive. It's the cheapest drug there is. Hmm. You don't want it. I think I kind of want it. (laughs) Okay, but just this once. Come on in. All right, we're back. Uh, Again, if you've looked in the liner notes at all, you'll see we've kind of only smoked... I can't even think what it's fucking called right now. Wonka. Wonka Bars 13. So, but I just used the last of my eighth that I had. Oh, really? Four of us. Yeah. So we either need to get more or try something new, which I do have some other stuff. Yeah. We'll get to it. Anyway, uh, let's play with the song, Chuck. Let's get to the B side. What do you okay. got for us tonight? I'm ready. We're going to do uh, Dangerous by Big Data. Dangerous by Big Data. All right. Everybody have a great week. Thank you so much. Peace.
this was Queenie and I's walkout yes. song at our reception. Mm. Really? <laughs> yep. Which is glad. Yep, that we walked around and danced on the floor. And so, like when we came out, you know, like, get out of here. Yeah, when you came it. out of the closet? <clears throat> yeah, right out of the the closet at the hall. Well, I feel really bad. <laughs> that were they? Congratulations said, on they your were marriage. Like, just wait in this closet. This is a bad wait time to tell you. Yeah, yeah, till the DJ fires up your song, you wait here. There's just a couple chairs and it's a big closet. Um, <laughs> God damn it! I feel really bad. I left this off the summer playlist. It's I would like song. to see you dance again in that attire. Again? What do you mean? Like I was. You were, do, you were yeah. doing this to start. It's super hot out here <laughs> in the Livonia area. It is ninety something degrees. Yeah, ball sack. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I got a phone call on the way over here. I got a text from the Duchess. She goes, "Air conditioning." She goes, "It's eighty degrees in the house," eh. and it says that it's supposed to be at you know seventy three. Well, it's not working then. <laughs> Check it out when I get home around midnight. Sorry. Don't open the windows. Sit in front of a box fan. I, like I love a good box fan. I like the sound they make. Oh, man, I can sleep like a motherfucker yeah. to some box Some good fan. ambient noise. I've been a fan of some boxes. Yes. We sleep with a ceiling Speaking fan. Speaking of a uh, box through fan, the specifically, same. I, use, yeah. I have a, a fan on a stand plus my ceiling oh, fan. Yeah. yeah. Ceiling like fan's it. key, man. You like it windy, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, yes. it's the moving air hurricane. and the noise. I like hurricane <laughs> movement of air while I sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good night, honey. <laughs> what? Well, I feel like fucking Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz or what? Just getting sucked into a tornado. Feels good, okay? No, just sleep anymore. right through your alarm every morning. <laughs> I remember we I didn't grow up with air conditioning. So yeah, me neither. Yeah. So what? then when it would yeah. get cold and... Yeah, Dude, because we did not have any in, money. Because you lived in Alaska? No. <laughs> right. It was too cold? So we yeah. weren't living in Ann Arbor. Exactly. So it's what did Belleville. you do? We had fans, like box yep. fans and fans and oscillating fans well, and all right the now, fans. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> Blow me. My... <laughs> Our, our house where I grew up in, there was one air conditioner unit in my parents' bedroom, my mom and my stepdad. Oh, the window. Yeah. It yeah. was like, it was, it was weird though. It was like a bigger one. It was like built into the wall. Mm. It was a really big bedroom. But anyway, when it was like a hundred plus degrees, it was like, all right, you can camp Everybody. out on the floor. But otherwise, man, you were sweating it out. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. I just don't understand. That explains a lot. Man. So come I, winter, I, come colder days, you would attempt to put your fan away for the season, and then you would lay in bed and be like, oh, my God, it's so quiet. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Ter- like, deafeningly quiet. Well, I sleep with a fan on, but it's only so I don't hear myself snoring. Mm. That's about it. Cool. That was a good song. <laughs> It is cool, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> Cooler. <laughs> yeah, with 17 fucking fans on. Only two. <laughs> Only two. But I wouldn't... I mean, you would it, think their electricity would be so high, they'd just buy an air conditioner. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems to make sense. We have an air conditioner, too. Yeah. That's on as well. No, no, no. I meant it when you were growing up. Oh, we didn't have the air con... That shit was for Ann Arbor people. Yeah, only rich people had air, air conditioning. Yeah, well, right? If you had had an air conditioner, you would have been cooler if you did. I would have Literally. been. 
a whole lot cooler. No, man. Like, if I would go to, like, a friend's house and they had AC, I'd be like, these motherfuckers got money. This is where I'm coming in, right? <laughs> yeah. They probably have cable, too. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I had air conditioning and, and cable. <laughs> I had I had Privileged bitches over here, man. I know. I feel bad. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'll tell you right now. I'm not. Had I known both of you back then, I would have invited at least one of you over to hang out in my air conditioner. Probably me because I have boobs. But most likely, yeah. I remember those hot summer days where like, my dad would be like, would you stop putting the air conditioner down to 67? We like it at 68. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my, it's too hot. It's, I'm stifled at 68 degrees, Dad. Can't you feel the humidity? My brother and I would get in trouble because when it was super hot, we'd stand in front of the fridge with the door open. Oh. Like, try to cool down and we'd get yelled at. Find a friend with a pool. Fuck oh, yeah. man, you and I are we, about to be best friends. Yeah, we did have a pool, so that was... Ooh, oh, you yeah. and I are I, about I to be best friends. Yeah, everybody wanted to come swim. We lived on the ocean. It was above <laughs> the ocean. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Our condo was on the ocean. We didn't live there. Right? Just, Our second no, home. No, you lived was, on the lake. No, really, we had a condo on the ocean. I'm not joking. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Super <laughs> Island, South Carolina was gorgeous. Home away. Yeah, go out to Pelican Watch. Go out for nice strolls on the private beach in the morning and pick up seashells. Did you roll up your linen pants (laughs) and go clamming? Have you seen? Well, there aren't clams there. See? (laughs) I just told you we were searching for seashells. There are definitely clams where there are seashells. Really? Yes. I never found a clam. They bury themselves in the sand. Oh. Lots of crabs out there. So we go out at night with flashlights and see the crabs come out and walk around sideways. In fact, <clears throat> it's a great story. Well, it is to me, not to you guys. You'll hate it. We'll see. Yeah. So we went to Seabrook last year. Again, I took my kids because I wanted them to see it. Where I took them out to build a fire on the beach. You have to get a permit. I do it. I get the the wood and the you know the lighter fluid and all the stuff because I don't have any of this stuff. We're staying in, you know in a condo. It's not my place. So we go out there, and it's a, it's a big deal to take all this out there. I'm taking four of those little chairs that you take in the sand that are really close to the ground. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> This is a lot of me walking back and forth with a ton of shit. So we sit out there. The kids are making little sandcastles as the sun's going down. The fire's just getting going. And you get the waves coming. It's so nice. And then the crabs come out. (laughs) (laughs) First crab comes out between my two boys. The eldest of the the two, 12 at the time, jumps into his little tiny beach chair that's two inches off the ground. Two inches off the ground and started screaming. Uh, the the fi- crab screamed? <laughs> the 12-year-old. He was scared to death of this crab. The five-year-old, even scarier. Funner California. Even more scared. Scared her. Yeah, funner. <laughs> funner California. He was even more scared. This kid jumps on my leg and crawls up me like a monkey. All the way to the top. I couldn't see. He's got his hands around my head. It was insane. All because of this one little crab. And then they saw them all come out. And they freaked the fuck out. Do they come up out of the sand, right? Yeah, they do. There's these little tiny holes everywhere. Mm -hmm. And also the come right out. breathing holes, yeah. Yeah, they walk around sideways. And they don't want anything to do with you. But they vary in sizes. So some of them are, you know, the size of a quarter. Uh, and some of them are much larger, mm. much larger. So, I mean, in totality, the biggest ones I saw was probably the body was the length of a dollar bill. Um, but still, relatively, it's still pretty small. But you see that running around sideways. They don't want to be near you. 
but it freaked the kids out. And they were done. So Them, their sideways walk is so weird. They're so, such an interesting little critter. So the Duchess had to carry them both back to the dock so they could walk back to the store. <laughs> and then I had to wait for the fire to burn out. I wasn't going to leave it there. So I, I sat outside by the fire and the sun had set. You watch the waves come in. Sometimes the waves come up and hit the fire. That's a lot of fun. And it was so nice. And I said goodbye to my little crabs. I said, I'll see you tomorrow night. <laughs> Hopefully the boys will get scared all over again because that was <laughs> fucking a highlight. That was so funny to me. Like you're, like you're a murder clown? Yeah, I think that's what <laughs> all clowns are. I don't think all clowns. They, no. they just have a creepy way in yeah, Don't you we them, could ask. Don't you guys yeah. remember the grand the prize whisper? <laughs> we can call the weed witch and ask yeah. her. That's why I wanted you to ask her about that, because clowns are fucking creepy, man. I was concerned. Don't you guys remember the grand prize game? I don't know what you're talking about. (sighs) (laughs) What what grand prize game? Apparently he wants us to remember for him. You cannot talk with gum in your mouth or whatever it is. Oh, it's chew. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were about... Let me tell you. No, it's chew. (laughs) Chew that you don't chew. You suck. Tuck that in. Yeah. Where do you spit it? He swallows oh, it. You swallow? He You're swallows a swallower? it. Don't it's, matter. It's, just invite it. We just asked so many a, questions without you answering anything. That was impressive. <laughs> yeah, it's a different kind. No, there used to be a TV show on. I don't remember how old I was. Uh, it had a clown on. And, Bozo. And it might have been Bozo, yes. Bozo That's the clown. old. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it was that old show? It was show? Bozo. And, and Grand Prize Game was the final game, and it was basically... They the, throw the, the balls in the bucket. It was the ping pong balls oh, into the yeah. bucket. I didn't right? know that was all what the it was way called. out. There was like eight of them. You yeah. had to do it in a row. Six. Yeah. There was six in a row. <clears throat> and, that's, and the first and one was like right in front of you, and they slowly went out farther. Yeah. And you that's watched where this creepy shit too. I I remember it. it. Yeah, I absolutely. watched the shit out of this. I was always disappointed the kids that couldn't drop it in the six because it was just pathetic. Yeah. There's no you, reason you shouldn't be able to. Yeah. Right. You should have got it every time. God damn it! We need to get six buckets together. Yes. We're gonna video this. What size are these buckets? Well, like uh, sand pails. Okay. Like, yeah, they're like this big. Oh, okay. Four, and it was a ping pong Four or five ball. inches? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it always amazed me that they couldn't, they'd get to like three and then like rim it and it'd be done. How old? When was that show on? I remember watching that. I think I was pretty young. Hey, you guys are old. <laughs> 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 well, you didn't have cable, so. <laughs> that sounds like public television no, shit. I think it was on TBS. <laughs> Yeah, or like CBS. Chuck's younger than you. That was the Canadian show, the Canadian television, right? CBS. It was a Canadian Canadian broadcast. What? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Tim. Canadian broadcast system. There is. There is a Canadian. CBS is. I'm sure there is. Like I'm sure there's a Canadian broadcast system, but it's not Channel Nine. Is the Canadian channel? She's got cable yeah. now. I, I don't know. This, this is when no, you didn't have cable. Basic. This is antenna. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Thank you, Chuck. Yeah. No, Man, he's, he's Chuck and I me. are all in no, our I'm city oh. while you're living in the burbs and you're living up in the hills of Ann Arbor. You guys are in that slum orgy. <laughs> get it, get it, get it, get it. Oh. I can't tell you how many people have texted me about slum orgy. <laughs> Because it's the perfect description for that uh, for that uh, music was, video. That was great. So back to Bozo the Clown. Oh, yeah. the grand prize so game. here's the thing about Bozo. He was, on a scale of 1 to 10, how creepy? 
What are you putting Bozo at? Like, Seven. if you were a child alone with him, how much danger should you Seven. really be in? Ten. Seven? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Ten. In, in my mind. <laughs> in my mind, that other clown, the one with the blonde wig, oh, that was yeah, shorter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that yeah. was the one you had to worry about. <laughs> That's the one you don't leave alone with anybody. What about the clown from American Horror Story? Oh, that guy was, he had like the fake mouth. that. Oh, looked, yeah, no, moved. his mouth was really like that. But, but originally he had something over it. Mm-hmm. It was another mask. And that mask was creepy as fuck. Mm-hmm. Then he took the mask off and it was even worse than what yes, was under the mask. Yes, yes, He was terrifying. I never saw Who played that part? <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I don't I even know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I want to know what that year. That was a good season. That was the last season I watched. I want to know what year Bozo came on. 70s? No way. I, I, maybe I was watching it on repeat. I, I remember it being on like Saturday mornings or something. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's a good possibility. Probably right up there with Captain Kangaroo. I never watched that. What? That was but way before you. Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like that's about the same era the as grand, what that Bozo the Clown was. Yeah, the grand prize game though. Later. Bozo yeah. himself was famous earlier, but that particular show I think was the 80s. Mm-hmm. I look at it this way, though. The grand prize game, yeah. that's what created beer pong. Oh, that. <laughs> that is, that is where the origination of beer pong Assholes came like from. Assholes like you and me are like, I can totally do that. That's, exactly, yep. that's yep. exactly what I was thinking when you guys were all judgmental, these children. and thinking We were also you, children. You, that's how judgmental we've pong, always been. You beer pong playing <laughs> motherfuckers. I've been judgmental since I've been six. I've <laughs> never, know. ever in my life won a game of beer pong. What? I've never won a game of beer pong ever. We've, we've never played together. I suck at beer pong. I you, just you suck at games where tossing is involved. That's not true. You su- <laughs> I, I feel like you well. said you suck at cornhole. You suck at beer pong. This is the best salad tosser I've ever seen. Tell me, a to- tell me a tossing. <laughs> tell me a tossing Scene. game where you are. I'm good. Decent. I'm good at cornhole. I'm not as good as Tim. Tim's fantastic at cornhole. There's yeah, a big difference. Tony, his partner, uh, Mort, fantastic at cornhole. I'm good. I'm not great. Mm. I'm very honest about my ability in a lot of games because most of the time I am good enough to play. There's not yeah. a whole lot of things I'm fantastic at, but I can play most things. I'm athletic enough, have enough coordination where I Same. enjoy anything. Uh, it shows you like our man weekend that we go up north. I fucking yeah. plan the whole thing. I pick all fucking 10 games that we play. I've never won. Well, that's not true. We won one time. Yeah, we had a, <laughs> a team win. Yeah. We my did. first year. We had a tag team win. Nice. I came down to it, really. I screwed Tony. That's what happened. I, there was a strategy <laughs> element of that game that year that uh, people didn't, you know. So remember the first season of Survivor? <laughs> Here's a good example. You know the first season of Survivor? I didn't watch it. but Okay, I, I never did either. But I know I get the concept. Yes. The very first season, there were never games like this on TV before, right? This is before all the reality TV show games that you have now. And people on that got into alliances early and lied to other people because they got strategy early Mm. that nobody else picked up on. There was a lot of people in that first season that had no idea what the game really was, that. They thought they were just going to go outside and play some games. Mm -hmm. It's different. So we show for Man Weekend one year. This is the first year of teams. And there's a point in the game where you could bet, or no, I'm sorry, you could give somebody else a point. This is near the end. This is for all the marbles. You look around this group of guys, and you're allowed to give one other person a, a point, but you can't give it to yourself, and you can't give it to your teammate. You write it on secret. 
So the idea is probably you would probably throw your points away and put it on whoever you think's losing so they can't beat you if you're doing really well. So I talked to Tony beforehand. I'm like, hey, man, when we have to give points, because I went over all the games ahead of time, when we get to that point where we have to give points to each other, why don't you give me your point? I'll give you my point. <laughs> and that way they wash. And he's like, all right. He's like, that's a great plan. I'm like, yeah, it is. He trusted your ass? So uh, we get to the end of the game, and it's time to give points. And pretty much everybody gave their points to Marty because he was clearly in last place, and those points weren't going to matter because it's just like one at a time, including me, but not Tony. (laughs) Tony gave his point to me, (laughs) which made us win by one point. Oh, my gosh. Which two, was, it was actually, we won by five points. I think it was. I don't know how it exactly worked out. But it was a deciding factor because I did not give him my point. He gave me his point, and that put us up by one. And that was Tim's <laughs> partner. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so you were that close. Yep. Totally. Well, the other thing he lost points in was, that was really big, is we had all these wind-up toys. So everybody winds one up, and you can bet on which toy you think is going to fall off the table first. And then you put... Um, a bowl over all of them. They're all wound up. We lift the bowl and they start going by themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and you're shouting and rooting for your wind-up <laughs> toy to fall off the edge. One of the options was that none of them would fall off, which was what I think I picked and picked up some points on that one because none of them fell off. They all stopped short. Nice. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know why I told you all that. That wasn't a tossing game. No. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle. I mean, it had all the elements. You didn't see it coming. Parts of it really hurt. I stopped you in your tracks. Right. I don't know. I mean, my story was over. You don't know where to go yeah, from what, here. What are you doing right now? He's taking a time uh, no, out. No, just getting the board ready in case <laughs> stuff comes up. <laughs> taking a time out. Yeah, just needs to collect himself. That burn. Know? He's putting some salve on it. I had a frustrating situation today. Yeah. Now the day goes by. That's how I feel. Can you imagine looking through his Yelp reviews? Tim's. (laughs) Every single one's one star. Everything. Tim's roaming the streets looking for poor service. (laughs) No, today was not. It wasn't poor service. I came up with an idea for a new item, a high idea. I think of this every week when I'm a here. High idea. High idea. idea. Oh, well, that's a great idea. <laughs> that idea is a great idea. It is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Wow. Have you ever used that before? Or did you just come up with that? I just came up with that. Write that down. Well, it's fucking recorded. Write it all. Write this down. Okay. Every time I come over here, I use your restroom before we start the B side. Mm-hmm. And every time when I do that, I'm fucking baked. And every time I look over at your scale. And I feel like if I step on it, it's going to say something to me. <laughs> and that makes me laugh. Ouch. That makes me laugh. So I thought it'd be funny if you had a scale that wasn't even a scale. It just looked like one. And you programmed it with different things to say. And right where the little viewfinder is that you look at for the, the weight, instead, there's a camera there. And it takes a picture of you. So right after it insults you, it takes your picture <laughs> and immediately sends it to, you know... An email address, a phone number, or gives you the option to have, you know, Bluetooth it yourself. I don't know. I've only gotten that so far. But how funny would that be? Like, right when you're, like, disgusted with what it said, you're like, oh, and right there, snap. <laughs> it's like a flash goes off. I love it. It's sort of like when getting your picture taken on a roller coaster. I mean, have you ever been in somebody's bathroom before? 
and they have a scale in there, and, and you're had, using the restroom, and you thought, well, I'm just going to check it, and you step on it. And it accosts me, yes. <laughs> Wait, that's happened? That has ha- Yes. That's far too high. That's they must, not they right. set there's 10 pounds higher. I, I don't use other people's scales. <laughs> I, I think They're it's a woman's thing. It's not dialed in. I, I, <laughs> it's not I zeroed you, out. I can't trust yeah. that. I bet you out of our nine women listeners... They uh, all have done that before. Walked into somebody else's bathroom, seen a scale, thought, well, I'll just look. I think the scale should just give you like a a fun, happy message. Like, hey, man, have a great day. Yeah. You're special. Hey, man, obese (laughs) is cool. (laughs) (laughs) Diabetes is cool. (laughs) Obesity is fantastic. High five. Hey, just do one cheeseburger. Yeah. (laughs) Hey. I'd put a number here, but you wouldn't be able to see it over your belly. Hey, want me to say hi to your dick for you since you haven't seen it so long? That's the one. I feel that way about waiting, though, too. Like I, I, uh, Waiting, I get even on a deeper level because I worked at Applebee's. We. 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 Goose. We. <laughs> we, goose. we worked at Applebee's. So, I mean, that shit that went on, people partying after work was over and doing whippets and getting high and drunk and smoking tons of cigarettes and was being the, vulgar. Like, that shit is real. Yeah, amongst, that's the truth. Yes. That's what that happens. Is, yeah. That is how it rolls. <laughs> that's yeah. what was fun about it. That is what's so fucking fun about it. <laughs> it's just you can't do it for too long. And everybody wakes up and shows up at work the next day hungover as shit. Having partied and known secrets and shit about everybody no from the night before. Yeah. Created secrets because no everything doubt. happened. So can I tell you something that grosses me out? Smoothies? No, I oh. love smoothies. I was at a, a restaurant that had a bar. I was sitting at the bar. From the bar, you could see into the kitchen. And you could also see the little table where they set all the plates that were ready. Like, order up, putting it there. Mm-hmm. As I'm sitting there, I'm by myself, having a beer, ordered a, a burger, and I'm waiting. Every fucking order that came up, one of the right waitresses would take French fries off of it and eat them before they would take the plate out. Mm-hmm. Every time. That's so up. weird to me. That is so weird. But if I know, like, every restaurant does that. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm I wouldn't sure, say I'm sure it has a lot of people that go through those doors I've been telling this story that, that for that. years, and everybody I know that's worked at a restaurant, like, oh, I totally did that, which I've never done. It freaks me out. I don't know. I don't want somebody taking food off my plate, but I guess I ordered this to share. Yeah. <laughs> Just one off the top. Just one off the top. <laughs> I'm, I, it's like eating grapes at a grocery store. That, you know there, what? There that are, should be a Twitter poll. I'm going to do a Twitter poll on do does wait staff eat food off your plate before they bring it to you. Let's see what kind of percentage we get. That's dangerous. I mean, eating food off your plate and taking a French fry. I feel like eating food off your plate, that sounds like such an extreme thing <laughs> versus snagging a fry. You, you can even snag a fry without interfering with any of the other food okay. that is on the plate. So not, I'm not saying I, I, I agree I, with it. I understand what you're saying. Help me... Create this simple question. We're going to tweet this out right now and do a poll. Did you ever see the Jennifer Connelly movie, MJ, uh, Requiem for a Dream? Oh, my God, yes. That movie's fucked up. I watched that in my 20s and thought it was really fucked up. And there's lots of movies that I would categorize as one and done because they're so fucked up. Yeah. That's up there. But after my dad passed away, I decided I wanted to be really depressed for a bit and watch depressing subject matter. So I watched that movie again 
and was very much reminded as to why I had originally chose to never watch it. <laughs> did you make it to the time. end the second time? I did. I was committed. Yeah, that Jennifer Connelly scene with the dildo and the other chick and mm-hmm. forget about the it. Things it's you rough. do for drugs. That's rough. Mm-hmm. I would not do that for weed. No, well, I don't know. You don't need to. <laughs> Depends on the strain, I guess. <laughs> Like, are we talking Blue Dream out of season? I don't know. <laughs> out of season. <laughs> How far will I go? And if I get one fucking plant out of this, I'm going to be fucking right. lucky. I, I think it's because you got all fucking greedy and tried to grow a whole crop. Well, thank God. If it was two, I'd be shit out of luck. <laughs> I would have lost those day one. Or maybe not, because you only had a few that you needed taken your love and nurturing. I would have snuck over to your house and kicked yours in the dirt. <laughs> I know. I'm not letting what, win. what if all 12 of them <laughs> make it? I'm down right. seven. So it's not even an option. What if all seven of them make it? Uh, it's not looking good. <laughs> <laughs> some of them aren't as strong looking as the others. Yeah. Well, My, some of them are traumatized. I mean. True. Yeah, they've gone through a lot between yeah. Bocephus attacking them yeah. and... Uh, my dog, and between just fucking getting thrown on the ground by an animal or something. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's my neighbor. I wonder if she's like, that motherfucker's growing weed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Danny DeVito and twins. Just gets thrown to the wayside. No? All right. <laughs> <Don't>. Tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. There's <laughs> always tomorrow. It's always tomorrow. Tomorrow's a new day. Uh, well, I back. couldn't believe how fast they sprouted. Mine's, I, pla- yeah, I pl- planted them Sunday. And yeah. wow. this morning is when they, and this is Thursday. For can you imagine if you know. had planted them two months ago? It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you did not plant them that long ago. It's been a bit. It's not been two months. Let me, hang on. It's been like a month. Because uh, yours have been like have, two weeks. No. Or three weeks. They've been outside for two or three weeks. They were inside for one. Okay, then you're at a month. Then you're at maybe... Well, it was supposed Five to be 69 six days, weeks. and I'm three weeks away from the end. Yeah. You're three six weeks. weeks out. So 21 days short of 69, right? So it's 48. <laughs> 69. You laughed at that again? <laughs> 48. <laughs> you always laugh at that because that's what you're supposed to do. So I'm 48 days in. That's how long I am. So it's a month and a half. Six weeks. Why have you not sent any pictures of your shit? been putting them on our social media (laughs) hit us up on social so wow busted Uh, yeah i have to go now there's no comparison dude okay well only because his are younger than yours he doesn't even know which plant is which plant yeah i do Unless do you, you switch them just to be a dick, then do I know you? which plan is which. I know which is which. Mine or yours? <laughs> yours. I know yours, and you don't. And I don't know mine, and neither do you. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm winning. I actually do, and I'll, I, but I'm not going to tell you how I know. Just in case you have messed with them. Oh, you can't tell, dude. You, I haven't, you haven't even touched them. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Huh? Okay, I'll fill you all in. When I was there, the very first time he showed me, weeks ago, how long have they been in? Three, four weeks, yeah. Okay. I took the sticks out, and I wrote on the back. I wrote you a note on the back of both sticks. It's a a whole note? A whole note. In <laughs> fact, in fact. How long is this note? Well, I struggled with the word switched. 
<laughs> so it says switch with a dash and then an ED right below it. Mm, you could have said swap. Damn it. <laughs> you should have been with me on this heist. <laughs>
I'm going to edit this and I'm going to slip it right in.